Well, good morning. Uh, I don't know that there are new faces here, but just in case, I'm Brad Talley, the teaching elder here at Grace Community Church, and this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year because I don't teach, you do. We are going to, actually I do preach in between your sharing testimonies, I can't help myself, uh, so I should let somebody else do it. Never mind, just let's move on. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, we take time for testimonies. Every single thing we do on Sunday mornings at Grace can be supported by Scripture. It's part, it's an element of New Testament worship. And what we do this day, giving testimonies, sharing praise together, is absolutely a part of worship services in the early uh, church. So we're going to be hearing from some of you. Before we do, we're going to... Um, read scripture together, and then we are going to hear from one individual, and I will introduce that individual after we read scripture. Uh, David, King David, is probably more like Job than anybody else in scripture, although Jeremiah would be in the running as well, as far as just pouring out his heart to, to, to God. Oh, this life is so difficult. I have enemies who are against me. Help me, Lord. Where are you, Lord, when I call? At the same time, King David had praise on his lips every time you turn around. In spite of all that was going on in his life, the king became jealous of him and tried to kill him. His own son led a rebellion against him and tried to kill him. David's biggest enemy was himself. He was constantly... Well, not constantly, but occasionally getting into trouble and big trouble at that. And yet, at the end of his life, the psalm that he sings is one of great praise. Trials can beat us down or they can drive us to the one who gives us life and who is worthy of our praise. So this morning, we're going to begin by reading the 103rd Psalm together. So if you would, please stand and let's read this out loud together. Would you read with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, pay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word. Obeying the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Thanks, you and be seated. We've just finished a series on Job, 10 weeks in the book of Job, but we're really not done. You'll be hearing about Job right up through the middle of January, uh, off and on, when Ricky Mill comes and leads us uh, in, in our worship and leads us in, in this part of worship that is the sermon. He's going to preach on the book of Job, giving a summary of the book of Job. And we're going to hear a little bit of a testimony this morning. And as Keisha shared in our prayer time, uh, many of you are walking through deep waters. It's really interesting how sermons come about, how series of sermons come about. I pray about what to say. I pray about the series. I have some sense that we're going to be in the book of Hebrews and Jeremiah in the next couple of years. Uh, but the book of Job began to take shape in my mind a couple of, well, about a year ago. And uh, the person who is going to be given a testimony today is going to share just a little bit about that. And then when I read about Christopher Ash, uh, his uh, commentary before it ever came out, I, I just sensed the Lord saying, this is it. This is where we're going in the book of Job. Uh, there are many of you who could give testimony this morning and say, you know, I feel like Job because this, 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 and this have been happening in my life. Uh, but the one who I wanted to share this morning, especially because of the Lord used it so much to say this is where we're going, is Barbara Stevens. Barbara is in our home group, and uh, she's going to come and share a little bit about how the Lord has used this book in her life and uh, what the Lord has done for her in some difficulties and trials. And then we'll hear from you uh, about how the Lord is moving in your life. And let me remind you that one of the things we want to do today is talk about the different ways that Scripture identifies our relationship with the Lord. So, Barbara. Well, first, I want to apologize for this voice. Um, but this is as good as it's going to get today, <laughs> so hopefully you can understand me. A little over a year ago, Brad and I were talking about Job one night at home group, and I shared with him how absolutely fascinated I was with chapters 38 through 41, where God confronts Job after that long period of silence. The way God confronted Job's agonizing questions um, was absolutely amazing and so surprising to me because God never explained the why for the suffering. He didn't even address it at all. And I was telling Brad it was real interesting to me that what he did do instead was simply give Job the hardest science quiz ever. It was one rhetorical question after another after another concerning the entire created order, of course, which Job could not answer. And the quiz went something like this. Job, do you know how I formed the planet Earth? Do you know how I divided the waters? Have you walked through the deep recesses of the ocean? Surely you know you've lived so long. Job, do you understand the properties of light? Job, what about the weather? What about all the forms of precipitation and the weather patterns? Do you understand that? And then God goes on and says, um, what about the constellations and all the laws of the universe? Do you know how I did that? Do you understand the peculiar characteristics of all of the animals and all of the species? And do you know how I sustain them? And hey, what do you think about the most awesome creatures of all, that giant behemoth and that fearless and fierce Leviathan? Can you control these animals? Will they answer to you? Well, of course not. And then that was the end of the quiz. Well, Job's encounter with God humbled him just like anybody would be humble when faced with the sovereignty of our almighty creator, God. He found out he was not so smart after all, and he was speechless. But the science quiz changed Job forever. He now understood that in the midst of his pain, God was sovereign. God had a plan and a purpose for him just like he had for all of creation. And I, it's just, I can only imagine the absolute joy and the relief that must have flooded Job's soul when he realized 
that God had not forgotten him and that God had had his eye on every detail of his suffering and that God was in control of his life. In God's presence, Job's soul was totally satisfied. And so the why didn't seem to matter anymore. And then he proclaimed, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. So isn't that what suffering does for us? Suffering brought him to a place of greater faith and greater trust in his creator. Well, be careful what you study and what you talk about, because little did I know that right around the corner, Brad, after we had this discussion, um, God was preparing me for a really big test. So um, Brad asked me to be very candid with you and tell you a little bit about that suffering, since that is what the book of Job is about. Well, last October, I was um, diagnosed with an aggressive breast cancer, and this news was devastating to me, especially since I had just reached the um, four-and-a-half-year mark of survivorship from my former cancer that I battled in 2009 and 2010. I had been monitored constantly with amazing doctors and the best technology available, but it still happened. Well, we learned that this second cancer was not a recurrence of the first. It was a totally different type of cancer. And I remember um, staring at that very ugly mass on the ultrasound screen, and I heard the voice of the enemy taunt me in my head saying, So, where is your God now? And it was terrifying. But then I felt in my spirit the Lord's sweet, gentle voice saying, Barbara, will you trust me even in this? Well, this cancer battle has challenged me and my family. You can ask Gary and James. (laughs) Um, It's challenged us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But God has comforted us through his word and his abiding presence and his love. I've learned even more about trusting him in the midst of my deep disappointment and my fears than ever. And my friend Allison Talley, told me that during her cancer battle, she never asked, why me, Lord? She simply asked, why not me, Lord? Doesn't that sound like what Allison would say? (laughs) And she really gave me some perspective. I do know that um, all of us are sinners, and we live in a fallen world, and so we can all expect things to happen, right? I didn't want to waste the suffering, though. I wanted God to use it for good. I knew that God was with me. And I knew he would never, ever leave me or forsake me. And I knew that this cancer did not catch him by surprise. Brad Brad even told me, well, Barbara, he may have crafted it for you for a special purpose. So um, that was a new thought. I knew his love was without measure. And I knew that nothing, nothing that I could ever suffer would in any way compare to the suffering that my Lord Jesus chose to go through for me. A verse that was really special during this time was 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So, with the prayers of the elders here and all of my family here, I marched into battle again. I cannot um, thank you all adequately for all the love and all the support that you've shown my family. And we don't have any family here. And the family we do have are not really connected with us. Um, so you all are our family, especially our home group. Um, I want you to know, too, that our hearts have been with you as well because as we've been going through things, our pain has been compounded when our brothers and sisters have been going through difficult things, too. And so know that we pray for you and love you all very much. And I know that those struggles we've been through have in no way been as intense as what some of you have been through. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened and then tell you, though, what God has done because of that. I had surgery last fall to remove the mass, and then I started chemo. But there was a setback right from the get-go. The chemo suppressed my immune system, and I developed a life-threatening infection um, that landed me in the hospital with IV antibiotics. And I remember that day crying to my driver, Kathy Wells. Where's Kathy? (laughs) And she'll remember this. Well, I was just crying. I said, you know what? I am so sick. I don't even know if I want to live anymore. So Kathy cried with me. 
And then she quietly dumped her purse and pulled out pictures of her grandchildren and showed them to me. She said, Barbara, you might want to hang around a little longer so you can get some of these. (laughs) And don't you just love it how God sends us our friends to just encourage us, to keep us going, and to keep us laughing? Well, the Lord did heal the infection, but I was quarantined at home at Christmas. And our son James was not even allowed to be in the house. So all the plans were dashed, but my sweet Gary reminded me that we still had each other, and we had the Lord, and that was enough. Well, chemo continued, and despite the really good drugs, I still had a great deal of nausea and a lot of pain and incredible weakness. But the Lord sustained me, and he even enabled me to go back to work part-time, of course, armed with um, a mask and gloves and a wig. But after um, a while, I thought the worst was behind me when I finished all the chemo. But then I had another challenge, and that was in April. I had a double mastectomy because of the nature of this cancer that was necessary. Well, losing hair was bad enough, but um, losing anatomy was really depressing. You know, hair grows back. But I developed after that another challenge. I had a severe staph infection. I thought, oh, great, so something else. It was like the wave of, you know, problems like with Joe. Um, It took months to recover from that and lots of procedures. And after all of that, then it was time just to start taking cancer prevention drugs. So I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. How hard can this be? Just take a little pill after all this misery? Well, (laughs) that hasn't been easy either, and I've had a lot of pain We're still experimenting with drugs that I can tolerate. So I'm a little battle-weary, to be honest with you, but I'm also thankful for what the Lord has done, and he has provided every single need that we have had, and he has been so merciful to us. I might add that over the last year, um, Gary has not only had to care for me. I'm so sorry about this. Gary has not only had to care for me, but he's also cared for his parents and an aunt and uncle with um, Alzheimer's and medical issues and dementia and long distance, by the way. But he's patient, and he keeps his focus on the Lord, and he just keeps reminding me that we're going through deeper levels of spiritual education, whether (laughs) we wanted this or not, and that we're learning the trials are a part of God's design to really craft us and mold us into the instruments he wants us to be. My faith is strong, but I must admit in my flesh, I'm sometimes fearful of the future, and I'm wondering, will both of these cancers return? And I'm anxious about the medical bills and how I'm going to tolerate the meds. Um, And I'm praying if it's God's will that he will just totally eliminate all evidence of cancer, that it won't come back again, and that I'll be here for many, many years to come. That's my prayer. I do want to finish the work the Lord has given me to do, and I want to finish victoriously. And I want one day to hear my Lord Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that would be also how I persevered during these times of testing. So I want to just say in the midst of my fears and my doubts, my comforter comes. He always comes. He strengthens me with his word. He surrounds me with his love and through the body of Christ. And he assures me that, like with Job, that he is in control. And I can't question my almighty with with the ways that he deals with me. He's allowed me also to minister to others during this time. And it's been a sad thing, but it's also been a joy. And I've been able to minister with the compassion and encouragement that that only can come through times of fiery trials. It appears that God has delivered me once more from my cancer, but I know that my medical future is always uncertain. One thing, however, that is certain, and you've heard it from every single person that has spoke up here today, every single one, that certainty is our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a living hope. <clears throat> My future, my eternal future is totally secure. My long-term prognosis is absolutely wonderful, and that is because of Jesus. His death brought me eternal life. 
and his life also gives me an abundant life here, no, no matter what I'm going through. That my life here is just not all there is. So I'm trying to change my thinking and remember that um, I don't want to live my life just trying to save myself from troubles. I want to live my life to glorify him. And if you would pray with me when you think of me that I'll do that. That no matter what happens here, I know he'll carry me through it. And I know I'll be with him forever. So just please pray that I'll trust him more and that I will embrace his plan. There's truly joy in the journey when we get our focus off of ourselves and we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, and that is Jesus. Psalm twenty-three twenty-six says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So please don't think with all the problems that I've laid out before you today that they are ruling over me. They are not. Of the glory ahead of me and ahead of all of us will far outweigh any problems that we can go through here. So I just want to praise my Lord, give him thanks that I've had the opportunity to share this with you today. Thank you, Fred. I, I think... couldn't have preached through the book of Job four or five years ago because I had to be on the other side of it. And I'm grateful that the Lord allowed me to not experience deep suffering um, while I was preaching through it. Barbara, uh, probably it would have been difficult to give that testimony a year ago if she had been able to say, okay, here I am at home, and we had heard a recording, here I am at home at Christmas time, and I'm all alone, nobody can be here. Um, it would have been difficult. Sometimes we need perspective. Some of you, though, are in the midst of suffering, and that's a different kind of perspective, and we would love to hear from you. It is just one of those Things that almost everyone who spends any length of time at grace just kind of shake their heads and like, wow, the Lord has just called us to that. And he has called us. He has called us to this place. But in the midst of it, to give praise to God and to say, as Barbara said, look, my long-term prognosis is good. It's good because my long-term prognosis is Jesus well, that says more many times than all the uh, the clever thoughts and the and the presentations of the gospel we could possibly give. Although I have to say, Gary, you've got a lot of wisdom. Those are really great. She kept rattling off stuff that Gary was saying. I was thinking, man, that's good stuff. We need to get sayings of Gary. You know, have a little book. That's two R's, by the way. G A R R Y. For Gary, from Gary Stevens. So thank you very much for that, Barbara. And what about you? We have microphones, and I know you might not necessarily want to speak into those microphones, but um, you must do that. Um, and also, uh, let me just give you a couple of passages. Some of you, if you would look up, we'll sort of inter- intersperse these. Um, someone look up uh, Colossians 1, uh, 27. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 3, uh, Titus 3, 4 to 7, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. All different kinds of ways that the Lord describes our relationship with him. Let's, let's share some of those as we go this morning. So who would like to just give word of thanks, praise, request prayer? Who would like to share what is on your heart this morning? As is always the case early on, everybody at once, you know, it's just people fighting for the microphone. Gary Pelton. Uh, Good morning. Um, Barbara Stevens, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I want to hear some wisdom from Gary over there. I'm not sure what to say other than uh, I want to follow after God with every ounce I've got. 
Um, Lisa and I, uh, when we met, she asked me, what if I was in a wheelchair? Would you still love me? And uh, this is the second time that God is allowing those words to come to life. Uh, She had a disease for six and a half years that left her homebound. um, And she was in a wheelchair for part of that time. And uh, I really want this to be a positive message, so don't let my emotion draw away from that, because we overcame that. We overcame that with the love of God. We overcame that because of the community of people. We overcame that because... God's people came alongside us, and we had true fellowship. And uh, we are experiencing that again. And let me tell you straight up, there's nothing better than to have fellowship with God through his people. What each of you did to touch us in our midst or whatever you're going through. Remember, we all want to be givers. But it's very important to understand there can be no givers if there is not a receiver. And we learned our lesson the first time through that to be receiving, to be open to the hand that wants to help you, the person that wants to lift you up, person that wants to walk with you through that suffering because they're being blessed through it also i've learned that from hearing from missionaries who've gone across to other places where they're in very uncomfortable situations things where they're terrified that for their own family's lives but you hear them come back and share their testimony and talk about how they are blessed from that how they are blessed And obviously I've got nothing prepared here, but just wanted to share with you my heart that we are thankful for how the body of Christ comes together, how Grace Community Church comes together for all of its members. And uh, I think that's the thing that we have to remember, even when we're in that midst of suffering, and any one of you could stand up and share this better than me, who have been in that suffering. As much as you're suffering, you are still happy to pray for your fellow brother or sister in Christ who's also having a hard time, because I know that's what Lisa does. Lisa wants to know what the prayer requests are so that she could pray for you. She's laid up in bed. And like Barbara, she spent Christmas not like we had planned last Christmas. This Christmas, we're planning for something a little bit different. But she spent Thanksgiving in bed. And it's not that we're being robbed. It's not that we're being attacked. It's just that we're on the front line. That's all it is. We're just on the front line. And she would, in a heartbeat, if called to, she would stand up from that wheelchair with all her strength, and she would raise the banner of God and wave it to Raleigh to bring together the whole body of Christ for the unity. Because there's nothing better than that. I'm sorry for the emotion, but I just wanted to share how much it matters to each person who is suffering what each of you have done. Because it doesn't matter what, how small, what, what you, whatever you think it is. Oh, I just sent an email. No, it helps. Oh, I made a casserole. No, it helps. Every little bit counts. We each play our part. 
is how God is real and touches each and every one of us. Because he is alive. He is alive. He does come and touch us every day. And if there's any unbeliever in the room, I didn't believe about Jesus until I was 28. I promise you, I'd be happy to talk to you. I'd be happy to share with you about the experience I've had with God since the first day that I truly started walking with him. Because I faked it for many years. And I realized I had been faking it. But I'm telling you, he is alive and he cares for us. Just like he showed Job. He wants to show that to each of us. I pray you don't have to go through Job's experience to reach that point. But he really cares for us in every way. Thank you so much. Talking about the the blessing of givers having receivers, it we we want to give. We think of ourselves as magnanimous, and then when we need to receive, we we find out that we're quite prideful. You know, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be the one who needs. I want to give, so people will think well of me. We're we're both in this life. In Galatians six. Paul says, do not be weary in well-doing. Do not be weary in well-doing. We shall reap what we sow. All of that passage is talking about giving, bearing one another's burdens, bearing your own burden. That's confusing, but if you know the Greek, he's saying pick up your own backpack, but some burdens are too big to bear by yourself. You can't move a piano up the stairs by yourself. Not the old style, old school pianos. So we're called to give to one another. Do not be weary in well-doing. It will come back to you. Who else would like to share a word? Gary? Um, I guess we'll, is this on? I guess this is a theme that we're going to be following here in a moment. Uh, just... Uh, Many of you know our story and all. I'll just go through it real quick. But we moved down here a little more than four years ago, I guess it was, September 2010. Uh, from New Jersey, obviously not from the next county over. But uh, life was good. I mean, I was able to retire. Grandchildren were coming. And uh, we were traveling, having a great time. Found a great little country church uh, coming from a mega church up in northern New Jersey. Uh, life was great. And I guess it was in March... Uh, Debbie went for her annual exams, and um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, you know, the brakes really jammed on the train there of, uh, of our smooth-going life at the time. And uh, being a retired uh, law enforcement officer for 30 years, I always had the thing, you know, you had a problem, you dial 911, I show up, I solve your problems. Like you were just saying before, Brad, you know. Hey, I could take care of this. You got a problem? Call me. I'll figure out, if nothing else, a temporary solution. And I was good at it. But you know what? I'm stumped on this one. Not a blessed thing I can do. Uh, very humbling. It was a challenge. I guess I, I, my back was up against the wall, as they say. You know, I'm looking for my backup in the top terminology and all. And trying to do things myself. Can't do it. You know what? The humbling experience was also a very enlightening experience that, you know what? Can't do this on our own. We need God. Church family that welcomed us with open arms, even though we were Yankees, you know, four years ago. Uh, like you said, it's not the big things, the email, the text, the casserole. The food was great. The bread your wife makes, uh, unbelievable. And I just want to take this time and praise God for the doctors that and the treatments that she's had and the recoveries and the struggles that we went through have definitely made us stronger Definitely brought us closer 
relationship to, to God. Um, sometimes, I guess, we, I know I needed to be humbled to really just say, all right, give it all to you, God. I, this, you know, I've met my challenge. I just had to give it all up to him. And I just want to take this opportunity again just to not only praise God, but just give all the praise to this church family here. And uh, again, using my cop terminology, we got each other's backs here. And I just, we've came from a mega church where we had three services, and each service probably had anywhere between 1,500 to 2,000 people at it. Um, easy to get lost very easily. And I don't know if we would have gotten the love and the attention from a good, you know, gospel-teaching church. I don't know if we would have got the love uh, and the assistance up there and the prayers that we got here. And I just want to thank everybody here for all that you've done for us this past year. And and the positive note, she's, we're doing good. Um, recovery's coming along. Still got some more uh, chemo treatments to go, but... Um, we're going to get through this, no problem, with, with God and, and all your help. And again, just wanted to say thank you. One of the great days of this year for me was when I was with Gary and Debbie just before surgery. And Debbie said, I said, how are you feeling? She said, calm. And she said, if you anybody that knows me, this is an amazing thing. And Gary was saying, oh, yeah, 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 she's anxious, you know. As, as so many of us are in those kinds of settings. We, we should be. Or we, it's our natural state. But then she said, I've, I've spent so much time in the Word the last few years, and I hear the Lord saying, fear not, I am with thee, from Isaiah. Everybody today talking about scripture and the way that God ministers to us through his word and through his body. And that's how we, he shows us he loves us, those ways. And he points us to Jesus, always points us to Jesus. And these guys would say, these guys would say, these guys say, home group has been a huge blessing. It's the first, and look, like, Keisha said today, we're growing. In fact, it's eye-opening. We're starting to grow the ways that we are. It's a holiday weekend. And we had, you know, a handful of extras last week. But we're growing, and we're going to, as we grow, it's inevitable with the explosion of population in our area over the next five to ten years. Um, The way to stay small is home groups. That's going to be... Very important because you don't ever know when you're going to go for a routine checkup and the doctors say, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. And you need brothers and sisters to immediately call and immediately be there for you. So no matter what your age, no matter, find a home group. Let me just encourage you. Someone else like to share how God has ministered. <clears throat> Get ready for a really cool accent. I hope you love me for me and not just my <laughs> accent. <laughs> I'm not me, talking to you. Pray for me, please. Uh, um, I've stepped in it now as my dad. Brad mentioned earlier the scripture about do not grow weary in well-doing. And... I just really appreciate the gifts that God has given to different people in this body. There are a lot of us, there are a lot of you that are upfront people. There are a lot of you that are behind the scenes people, and there are a lot of quiet angels in our body here that I just really appreciate. And I hesitate to mention any names because I'm sure to overlook some, but. I just personally want to give thanks today for David Weatherington who does things behind the scenes that many of you may never see but who blesses our church body in numerous ways with his labor of love. And so I just really want to thank the Lord for David. And then there are 
others in our body like Joanne Hensley who will come and ask for an address. She's not on the computer so she can't email but she wants to write letters to people who are suffering or who are in need and I just really appreciate the heart that God has given Joanne to bless people in that way. And then there's people like Kat, Kathy Wells and Trudy Terryberry who come to Brad and say, who can I reach out to this week? Who needs a visit? Who needs a phone call? Who needs a letter of encouragement? And I just appreciate the hearts of those women who are willing to touch base with people and, in a sense, pastor them and reach out and be a blessing. And some of us are working full-time and we don't have the opportunity to be able to do all those things. And these ladies are serving the Lord with the hours that God has given them. And I just really appreciate that quiet witness and that quiet giving that blesses so many in our bodies. So my heart's full of thanks to all the quiet angels that serve us day in and day out. That's so true. And there are so many more that just pop to your mind that are doing things that are blessing the body but we don't know about. Thank you for all of you who do those things. Someone else? Want to share one of those verses? How the Lord talks about his relationship with us? Lee. I just want to share a couple of scriptures uh, in light of my mom's passing. Uh, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Sometimes we, we've never seen Jesus in the flesh. But um, she says, I believe he's the Son of God who has come into the world. He came into the world in the flesh 2,000 years ago. And um, the other verse that I wanted to share related to that is, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an uh, inexpressible and glorious joy. And so even though we haven't seen him in the flesh, uh, isn't it great that he came 2,000 years ago uh, to let us know a little bit about him? Thanks. Amen. And that inexpressible joy was in the midst of deep suffering suffering, uh, from Peter. Did you raise your hand? Thomas, okay. Thomas? Um, I know I'm young, and um, so there will be much more wisdom in my old age and uh, much more suffering, I'm sure, that I will encounter. But, um, and I'm super nervous, but um, two days before my 21st birthday, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and, um, which is a digestive disease. And um, I know there are a couple of people here that have that. But... Um, it was just a struggle, you know, going through college and then graduating college and going through my first year of teaching. And, um, but after I was diagnosed, I went on tons of medication. I took shots. I went to the hospital. I mean, tests and tests and tons of stuff. And I uh, kept getting worse. And, you know, I had bacterial infections. And, I mean, just all the stuff compounded, too. And, um, you know, I could tell you all the stories of all the details of everything that happened. But that's not the point of the story. Um, and everything got worse. Two years later, it's right after I started coming here, actually, um, my first year of teaching, I was, um, had another test run and it got worse. Everything was, was worse. And so when he went in and did tests, he was like, I knew I had ulcers. Um, and so we went to look for ulcers and he said, um, the doctor came out and he said, I've never seen a situation quite this bad. He said, um, the whole thing was ulcerated. Um, my intestines were, and just in lots of pain. Every time I ate in excruciating pain and, um, there were nights I lived alone, but there were nights where I literally would be in the fetal position. I'd be crawling around the floor um, screaming at the top of my lungs just because I had no, um, no way to fix the pain and, um, just a quiet battle that I had. I mean, a lot of y'all knew what was going on, especially my home group and things. I would go places. I mean, even as a teacher, I'd be teaching and I would pass out. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny, but I'd, um, pass out all the time because I wasn't getting the nutrients from the food that I needed. And so I'd be teaching and, um, I would act like I dropped a pencil 
just because I would hit that blackout, you know. And um, students would pick up on it, but I, you know, shrugged it off and kept going because I just had to keep going with life, you know. And um, either way, had surgery in 2011 um, and had a little over a foot of my colon removed. And um, then afterwards, I was just I went to the doctors and I said I don't want I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want the medication. Obviously, it's not working. Something's gotta something's gotta fix. And um, so I went off the medication. And um, so I guess part of the testimony, there's a couple of things I want to say. Um, part of the testimony is, A, um, just that I'm healthy now. I'm healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. I have no medication. I take no medication. Um, I exercise regularly, try to sleep, deal with stress, and treat it nutritionally. Um, and I'm a huge proponent of all those things. So if you ever know anybody that has this disease or um, wants to talk about it, I would love to talk about these things and the things that I've learned because most of it doctors won't tell you. Um, I've had to figure it out myself and trial and error and read and ask questions and just try to figure things out. Um, but I am healthier than I've ever been. I still have moments. I still have, you know, frustrating times and pain. But um, beyond that, um, forget about that part of the suffering. In, but um, one verse that I clung to through all of it was Second Timothy 2.13, and that is... Um, even when we are faithless, God is still faithful because he cannot deny himself. And there were plenty of times where, you know, in our pride, I always asked myself, why me? You know, at 21 years old, this isn't fair. And um, why can't I go to the state fair and eat crappy food? Like, you know, all these, <laughs> all these questions that you ask yourself. And, um, you know, that leads to spiritual doubt, which is sad that it jumps to that so quickly. But spiritual doubt and just all these questions of just why and um, other life things going on too, but that verse always was there, you know, because there's so many times where I'm faithless, but he is always faithful, and, um, and I see that now more than ever, and that just time and time again, he just keeps giving me blessings, and, but beyond that too, I'm so thankful that even at 21 years old that I had that amount of suffering for, I mean, a few years, um, because it helps me to identify with other people that are suffering, and I think that's where we all need to, um, need to just be thankful for that, um, no, I can't compare to cancer, and um, I can't identify with a lot of things that y'all are going through and your families, but um, even my small amount of pain or big amount of pain or however you want to look at it um, helps me to identify with pain. And I think one thing that I also learned is that, I mean, all of us will enjoy being at the top of a roller coaster or, you know, um, those awesome days where you have off from work in the middle of the summer and you can lay at the beach all day. Like, we all have great days, um, but I think we forget about the, the regular days. And I think that going through what I went through helped me to see the beauty in the small and see the beauty in the ordinary. And, um, and just the days where you wake up and you have a healthy family and the days where you wake up and you don't hurt. And um, so learn that from me, I guess, that just try to open your eyes to those ordinary things and be thankful for what God has given you in those ordinary days. Yeah, such, that's a, a significant lesson. And always, as you can imagine, preaching from week to week, I'll go home and say, you know, I should have said this differently or somebody will say something and I'm like, wow, I didn't, ha- I didn't mean that at all, but I see how you can take it this way. And when I talk about suffering and how the older you get, the, you know, the more you suffer and stuff like that, my goodness, uh, Thomas, Mark Palmer, when you're, you're faced with something like that, when you're late teen years, early 20s, you're not as equipped, you know, to, to handle that. And so the suffering is intense. And, and comparing suffering is kind of silly because no matter what we're going through, um, it's tough. But no matter what we're going through, when we're going through it, God is God. And the beautiful thing about him answering Job the way he did, Job was he said, I despise myself, but you know that Job was greatly comforted just to hear from God, just to know that God is in charge. And you, and, and the, and you do ask these questions, why? And when you suffer, you're going to go one way or the other, away from God or toward God. And you know the beautiful thing about being a believer? He's holding on to you, not the other way around. And you may start to go away, but he's going to redirect your path. It's going to be okay. And the long-term prognosis is good. And we didn't have near enough time this morning, but we'll do this again the Sunday after Christmas. We'll have time to share. Father, thank you for the indescribable gift, the incomprehensible gift 
the amazing gift of Jesus. In our suffering, we look to the cross and recognize that somehow suffering and glory are all wrapped up together. And the greater one is, the greater the other. And really, it's not to be compared. So, Lord, we thank you for life in Jesus Christ. May we be done with trying to please you with our good works. And may we just believe. Increase our faith and our good works follow. The good work, Lord, of sharing with those in need. There are many in need. Help us to give. There are many who have been equipped to give. Help us to receive when it's our turn. Thank you for the way that your word has been shared this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You remain standing for the benediction. Good morning. My name is Lee Williford. It's a pleasure to serve you as an elder here at Grace Community. So glad you joined us for service today. It's a great Sunday when you can laugh and cry all within about an hour and a half. So it's been a wonderful service. Thank you all for sharing your hearts this morning. Um, I will say it again if you haven't heard it yet. Home group, home group, home group. As uh, my daughter picked up, I say home. My wife says home. My little girl says home. So home group, home group, however you want to say it. (laughs) Uh, Una grupo in la casa. However you want to say it, home group is such a vital part of the body here at Grace. Um, And if today is your first Sunday, if you've been here since day one and you're not a part of a home group, I encourage you uh, to do that. Um, And your life will will be richly blessed and changed uh, by that. Um, Hear now the benediction. Go now and let the Lord steer you in the way of the truth. Be on your guard so that you will not be caught up in the trivialities and anxieties of the world. Be alert at all times and pray for strength to escape the traps that would keep you from God. And may God make you increase in love for one another. May Christ Jesus teach you how to live in God's ways. And may the Holy Spirit strengthen your hearts in holiness as you ready yourselves for the coming of the Lord. This week... Go in peace to serve and love in our Jesus Christ. Have a blessed week.